So down on LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. LZ Granderson, how the hell are you? I'm sorry, who is this? Uh, perhaps you may know me as my alter ego, Jorge. So, Jorge Sedano? Yes! We're back together again! Yes. Woo! Yes. Oh yes. my gosh, I feel like Fleetwood Mac. The band is back together again. <laughs> um, and our New Year's resolution is working out great, which is not letting John Ireland pivot to sports during purgatory. So far, so good. So far, so good. We're batting a thousand, but of course, we've only been up to the point. <laughs> Although, place. it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's funny? I was being sincere. Yeah. I was so captivated that this celebrity had all these people proclaim she was dead. Yeah. She was just taking a nap. Like, what the hell? That came from a real place, man. It really is strange. Um, but funny, strange. nonetheless. Now, not so funny is this mm-hmm. reaction to your boy, John Wolford, uh, who all of a sudden... You know, wins a game for the Rams. A must win, right? Like, let's face they it. That, you, you, they need – I mean, I guess they could have gotten in, right, if they, they – but they were going to well, Chicago, Chicago looked as if it was going to lose during the Rams game, and then obviously they eventually did anyway. Right. But when you've lost two in a row, and if you have real hopes of winning the Super Bowl, you don't want to back into the postseason. Correct. You don't so want to do was, that. Yeah, so this is important from a morale perspective as much as it was just, you know, the logistics of getting in. All right, so Wolford and Goff. I saw you arguing with DeMarco Farr a little bit. or getting, Maybe not arguing. That's probably a little harsh. Um, yeah. But going, going back and forth a little bit with him, he, yep. he thought you were going over the line a little bit with your praise. Like he thought you, you know, gave the kids some love, but it's like, all right, let's, let's slow down a little bit. Why are you such a Wolford stan right now? Um, did you see him run for a first down? I did see that, yes. Did it happen once? More than once, actually. More, oh, more than once. And you're asking me why I was excited to see a mobile quarterback playing for the Rams. Look, right. I love Jared Goff. I think the Rams can win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. He's a much better passer at this stage of his career than the Wolf of Inglewood is at this point. However, his natural ability as an athlete to sense pressure to know how to move within the pocket, to know how to move outside of the pocket but still behind the line of scrimmage, and then obviously move in terms of moving the chains with his legs, getting first downs, that is something that cannot be learned, cannot be taught. That is just what you are. And we've all joked about it, and we've all have mentioned it, but we hadn't actually seen it yet until now. Yesterday was the first time we saw a really mobile quarterback starting for Sean McVay's offense. And even though they didn't always score touchdowns, not always, period, they didn't score any touchdowns. Right. They controlled the football the entire game. The entire game. Yeah. And that's the best way to win a football game is to keep the ball in your offense's hands. And so there were there were a number of moments, a number of plays, and I know you saw them too, George, and I know the listeners all saw them, that if Jared Goff was back there, that was a sack, maybe a strip sack, maybe a, a turnover of some sort, but it wasn't going to result in the quarterback scrambling for 11 yards for a first down, that's for sure. Yeah, listen, and- I, I get all that, but here's what I would say. and I, I'm, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit, okay, a little bit. I, you know, like DeMarco, that's great. It happened against uh, an Arizona team that was a playoff caliber team. 
Um, it was his first start, right? So now what's happening is if we go into the Seahawks game and mm-hmm. he has to play because there is a legitimate shot that he has to play, Wolford, and yep. it's not uh, golf. Like, golf status is very much up in the air right now yep. as of the last report that I heard on SportsCenter within, I don't know, 40 minutes of us going on the air here. Mm-hmm. And if Wolford comes on again, right, and has to start again, now there's film on him, right? There's at least yep. something that you don't – like, you don't have to go back if you're Pete Carroll to, you know, Wake Forest, right, to find film on him But anymore. there was film on him before. The, uh, I mean, the preseason. A, 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 no, the AAU league or whatever, he was tearing up with the right, Arizona right. No, Wildcats. And, and he played in the preseason. He played in the preseason. Right. But I'm talking about real game tape, okay? And mm-hmm. now you're talking about a, a, a Seahawks team whose defense has been really good the last six or seven weeks again. Now they're starting to look like the Seahawks again. Um, going up against the guy making his second start. That would terrifying the living you-know-what out of me. It doesn't for me, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, just as uh, your example, which is really astute, not taking anything away from it, there's more tape for a team to prepare with when facing him. That is for sure. But that's also true on the flip side. He actually has more experience now. He actually can calm down a little bit more now as opposed to the first quarter where he was overly jittery. The uh, first and goal scenario we found ourselves in that ended up being a field goal because of all of the issues we were having with false starts, I would say that's a byproduct of having a brand new voice back there. Cam Akers has fumbled the ball once this season, Mm -hmm. and it was that game. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm going to assume he's not going to always fumble the football. I guess my point being is that there's a really good chance that while teams will have tape on him and will have a better sense of how to defend him, he also has more experience and has a better understanding of what's required of him. And so I don't know which yin or yang is better, but I do know this, that a mobile quarterback in the Sean McVay's offense, and remember, we didn't have Cooper Cup on Sunday either, who's our leading receiver. So a mobile offense with a healthy, presumably healthy Cooper Cup and a, a little bit more settled you know, player in the Wolf, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm interested in it if it has to get to that point. Yeah, I'm a little worried about the Wolf. All right, let's call him that for now just for short, just to make it easier, all right? The Wolf is not facing an Arizona team that, let's face it, isn't all that good on defense, right? Like, is that fair to say? Um, They have players, and they've been inconsistent, but they have some talent on that defensive side of the ball, for sure. I mean, they've got some talent, talent, but I I don't look at them and say to myself, oh, man, you know, that team, whoo! They are scary. Whereas the Seattle Seahawks, okay, since week 10, when they've got Carlos Dunlap in there and they were healthy, right? Like they have played a different style of football defensively that resembles more of those Seattle Seahawks teams we've seen. Now, for as good as the Rams have been all season long, including the last seven weeks, um, the Seahawks in the last seven weeks, since week 10, they are second in sacks, second in yards per game, or excuse me, third in yard per, yards per game, and second in pass yards per attempt. Um, it's This team is not the same team that we saw earlier in the season with a, a guy who's at least experienced in Jared Goff, let alone a guy making his second start. That concerns me in a big way. Well, I am not 
thinking that a healthy Goff is going to be benched for the Wolf. What I'm thinking is, is that if he can't go, at least the Wolf has one game under his belt and a little bit of experience to turn to as opposed to none at all, which is what we saw on Sunday. And if Goff is able to go, he obviously has had pretty good success against all the NFC teams except for, you know, the 49ers. And I feel that we're going to be okay if he's back there. But to your point, a much improved defense may put him more in situations where he have to move a little bit. And we all get nervous when Jared moves for a variety of reasons. One, he can't move. And then two, he's fumble prone. Right. He's got teeny tiny hands and he likes to like, he's loosey goosey with the ball. And he also makes some really ill-advised throws. So I'm simply saying that if it was up to me, if golf is ready to go, he's starting. But if he's struggling and we find ourselves down at halftime, the Wolf is in the game. Okay, I'm going to explain to you on the other side why I would feel confident if Jared Goff could go, even if he's a little hampered. Well, definitely more so than 100% Wolf, okay? There is a big reason why I'm going – well, actually, multiple reasons, but one specific reason why I'd rather have Goff, even if he's at 75% over 100% Wolf. We'll get to that on the other side. Sedano and LZ, back in two minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. So, LZ, I've had a lot of time, obviously, over the last three weeks where, um, you know, I got to just kind of hang out, right? Like, I did a little Mm -hmm. work, but I got to kind of hang out and reevaluate, assess Bitcoin, right? There was a lot of things I did. But one thing I tried to do was get to know my neighbors a little bit, um, you know, even you know from afar, right? right? From afar, because, uh, you know, you got to be socially distant and all that stuff. I wasn't going in their house or anything. Um, and I noticed that there's one neighbor that's not they're, – they're a little uh, reticent is probably the way to describe it, a little bit reclusive. They don't want to know anyone. And I was like, all right. Because, you know, I've got like – so in my house, we've got like um, – um, you know, we've got a, a, a lemon tree. So, you know, I told the neighbors, you know, one of the guys came by walking his dog, and he's like, oh, man, that lemon tree. I'm like, yeah, man, grab them whatever you want. Like, we don't use, you know, that many lemons, you know? Um, so, I, you know, that's how I kind of broke the ice, right? Hey, here's some lemons from the lemon tree, um, you know? And, uh, and this is the house where I knocked, and, you know, the dog is barking at you, and they didn't yeah. answer the door. Like, you knew somebody was there. So I just said, right. hey, I left a note, le- lemon, lemons for your lemons. You know, here's some lemons for you. Not even, like, a note back. I was uh, I was really? a little disappointed. Yeah. Not even a note? Not even, like, yeah. hey, thanks for the lemons. No. Hmm. Yeah. Now, Greg has a story about neighbors and neighbors being an issue. Uh, Greg, what was the story you have about neighbors? So this is a story, and it comes from this guy. His name is Francis Ellis. And I just want to read you a couple paragraphs because what happens is he moved into a new apartment, and within a week, this is less than a week, the neighbor 
had a complaint email about this guy, Mr. Ellis. And he wrote to the, – the neighbor wrote to the landlord, hi, name redacted. I hope you had a nice holiday. This is an uncomfortable email, but I am at the end of my rope. A few days ago, a new tenant moved into the apartment. That unit is directly across from mine. And the windows of our living rooms face each other. I met the new tenant, Mr. Ellis, in the elevator where he seemed pleasant enough. However, over the past week, I have repeatedly witnessed him standing in front of his window, swinging his naked penis in lazy, looping circles. <laughs> <laughs> he he plans. <laughs> how do you he, how do you make it go into lazy circles? Lazy like, it, it looping takes, circles. Yeah, that, I felt effort. like that that description was uh, was unique. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, no. it seemed contradictory because it takes effort. You can't be lazy to circle, right? Yeah. Uh, he says he plants himself in the center and dips his hips until he finds the rhythm to keep his hog in motion Whoa. for, 20, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> for right. 20 or so minutes. Now sometimes, we've talked about a wolf and a hog so far. <laughs> sometimes, he points, sometimes he points at a mirror and then flashes the hang loose symbol. I've seen, him do this while, <laughs> I've seen him do this while holding a mug of tea, which seems dangerous. On Saturday evening, I invited a few friends over for cocktails and board games. But the moment we the moment we sat down, his light came on and he waltzed into frame. My guest's good humor turned up sour after about 20th rotation. And then again this morning, he appeared fresh out of the shower, still wet. For the first 10 minutes, he swung clockwise. Then from 8.45 to 9, he switched direction. This was time the out. first time. <laughs> time out. Time the hell out. Well, he's ambidextrous, sort of. There is, ish. there is no way you are offended by this little burlesque show that is happening in the window. Because no. you were standing there for 10 minutes to know the direction he was going in, and you stood there long enough to know he changed directions. Twice. Right, and so then- you were observing. So, LZ, what is the, what is the craziest thing that you've, uh, like, that you've either observed from one of your neighbors. No, I have not observed that. Um, what is the biggest complaint that maybe one neighbor's given to you? Like, what what are we thinking of here from your neighborly interactions that haven't been so pleasant over the years? Oh, I'm trying to think. I've never gotten a neighbor's complaint, at least not one that's actually. You know what? I take that back. Steve and I were at, we had a condo in Chicago. And the association was not happy that we had changed the interior door. Okay. So there was a door that closes, you know, the houses, the, the closet with like the water heat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And me, because I'm HDTV'd out, I didn't like the door. So I swapped it out for a barn door so it could slide and be more kind of stylish as opposed to the big ugly door that they had in front of it. And the association wrote us a formal letter complaining about the swapping of the unit's door hmm. inside my condo. Right. It wasn't even something that that was observed outwardly. No. You have to, like, the door has to be open. You have to come in to notice because the way that the condos are set up, and you know this, George, and everyone knows who has condos, most of them are like cookie cutter anyway. Correct, yes. But, but we decided, well, me, because as I said, I'm HGTV'd up, I was like going, no, 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 no. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
We can switch to one side, right, yes. Exactly. Yeah. And that was an issue for the entire building, apparently. So I had a complaint towards a neighbor when I lived in an apartment building. I, um... So I had these neighbors upstairs, and, and you, you know, you know how like you know in a in a building, right? You can hear noises sometimes upstairs, right? So these people, I don't know if they didn't have the proper like flooring um, or the padding <laughs> under their flooring, but I swear to God, every time they got up, like you could hear furniture moving at every hour of the day or night. It did not matter if it was seven in the morning, noon. Five o'clock or like three in the morning. These people were constantly moving and the furniture was moving. And I was like, yo, who is moving furniture at this time? And it turned out that it was that is that they did not have the proper flooring and padding under whatever. I guess they (laughs) tore up the floor and then they laid down like wood, um, but didn't put like padding under it. And I was like, yo, we all live in a box, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can hear you at all times of the night. So that has only been my – the only time I've ever complained about a neighbor was that was because it was – at the time, I was working crazy hours. My wife was working crazy hours. So we were sleeping during the day and we were – you know, all sorts of different hours. And it was insane. Um, so that's really the only issue I've ever had with a neighbor. I've never had, uh, you know, a neighbor, tick, you know, stick out there thing and you know wiggle it around or swing it around like a lasso it's swinging swinging like a lasso never happens um i do think though that jared goff can come in on a white horse though and save the day here against the seahawks now the rams lz have Mm -hmm. have won five of the last six against the seahawks and that has been with jared goff at the helm um, Jared Goff, the reason I would prefer a 75% Jared Goff, let's say, over 100% John Wolford, um, is, well, for obvious reasons that I illustrated earlier, it's just experience, number one, um, and the type of team they're playing and the relative success that Jared Goff has had in his career against the Seattle Seahawks. But the other part of it is this, and this will lead me to a discussion I want to have with you a little later in the show which is the Rams, if they're going to try to succeed and uh, you know pull a Dodgers and a Lakers and win a championship for Los Angeles, they're going to have to do it on the road. Three wins on the road. And you know what Jared Goff has been good at this year, although the team's success has been mixed? His success on the road has been fantastic. He is not, outside of that Dolphins game, He's been really good on the road this year. 14 touchdowns to eight interceptions. By the way, he only has six and five at home. 2,400 yards to 1,500 home versus road versus home. His yards per attempt are up. Uh, everything. His yards per game, 301 versus 220. Like everything he does is better on the road this year. So just based on that and the experience alone, give me Jared Goff, even if he's hurt a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying don't start Jared Goff if he can go. So I'm with you. I mean, they've had a lot of success in the in the NFC with Jared Goff. They had a lot of success in this division with Jared Goff. So I'm not saying, you know, don't. What I am saying, though, is that if he struggles in the same fashion that he did the last time he faced Seattle and the pressure's getting to him, and the thumb is still an issue in terms of accuracy, then I can see a scenario in which, you know, the wolf is put in in the second half. In fact, I tend to believe that they already are considering 
another quarterback for the next season Okay. anyway. Save that. I want to talk about that on the other side. Also, I want to get into what's going on uh, with the Chargers and Anthony Lynn. Let's do some of that because the, Anthony Lynn is out. What does that mean for the Chargers' job? But you're saying that there is a real possibility that the Rams could be looking for someone beyond Jared Goff at that position, and I am all about listening to that because I have been stating that prior to going on vacation for weeks. So I am all <laughs> in on that. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what your intel tells you. We'll do all that in two and a half minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedan on LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Don't forget, 5 o'clock, uh, we will talk Lakers with you. Greg Bergman has concerns. Seven games into the season, he has concerns already. I can't wait to hear the laundry list of things that you are concerned about, Bergman. Um, he is there any- to worry wart in general. Bro. Oh, my God. Such a nervous Nelly. Like, good Lord. We're, only, we're not even like 10% through the season yet, and you're already freaking out about something. God. I want a, I want a championship again. I don't see I mean, the okay, but you're not winning the championship in, in January. You know what I mean? Like, relax. And there's well, still- I'll wait till 5 o'clock, and I'll give you what I think. Okay, is fine. We'll, we'll hear what your issues right. are, your gripes uh, are with the Lakers at this point. Um <laughs> But in, before we get to Anthony Lynn, LZ, you said that you perhaps may have intel on the future of the quarterback position of the Rams. I got to hear this before we move on. Well, it's just no one has flat out said this to me. But just in my conversations with people in the know, um, it feels to me, based upon my conversations, that they're already considering, you know, the next guy. Mm. And... Considering in the way that not that, you know, Jared Goff is so overwhelmingly disappointed, but realizing that here, this is a league that is moving more and more towards the mobile quarterback. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just no denying it. Mm -hmm. If you look at all the MVP, you know, finalists, you know, that we're assuming Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Josh Allen, if you want to hear it. Aaron is older, but still can move for. Still can move. Still still can move. He's rushed for a few touchdowns this season. Right. And and, and 36. And and he certainly can move out of the pocket when necessary. Yes. Yes. It feels like that's where it's going. He's not a statue, to your point. And I I feel that based upon my conversations, that this might be Jared's golf make it or break it postseason. Okay. That even if he comes back next year, okay. which obviously he will, that doesn't mean he's going to be the starter for all 16 games. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get the sense that they're realizing that because of his um, limitations athletically, that they're being forced to choose between working to try to win one Super Bowl with this one QB or maybe looking at someone who's more athletic more nimble when the pressure comes, someone who can scramble, maybe run for a first down if you got to have it. Right. That's a quarterback that where you can win multiple championships with. So you can be loyal, George, 
and you can continue to work with Jared Goff. And I think he's a fine quarterback, and I do honestly believe that the Rams can win a Super Bowl with him. Well, I honestly to, believe that. To, to your point, though, um, before you continue, there are really only about seven, I think, statue quarterbacks left. Ben Roethlisberger, who at one point in his life was mobile. like He, he who was, was mobile, right. Yeah. Phillip Rivers, definitely a statue, right? Yep. Um, yep. Then you have Tom Brady, Matt Tom Ryan, Brady. Matt yep. Stafford. Um, well, Stafford's – actually, Matt Stafford moves. In the pocket, but he's not in like a pocket. guy that's escaping the pocket. Right. Um, okay, so we won't count him. Kirk Cousins is a statue, right? Statue, right. And that's kind of it if you think and about it. And most of those guys you just mentioned aren't in the playoffs. Right. <laughs> so, ben is in there and, and Phillip is in there. Tom and, is in there. And Tom. Yeah. yeah. But, but – and – you know, when you think about that and where this league is going and how creative Sean likes to be. Yeah. And Tony Romo, I don't know if you were listening to the broadcast or not. Tony couldn't stop saying. Well, it, it was Boomer. Boomer Esiason. Tony Romo <laughs> it was, was Boomer. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. My bad. Yeah. So Boomer could not stop saying how mobile Wolfer was and right. how that enabled Sean McVay to expand the playbook. Yeah. which was something you just don't hear right. about a first-year player making his first appearance in a playoff in, a, in any game yeah. saying, oh, well, now we can open up the playbook because the guy who's never played before is in the game as opposed to our star. That's not a good sign, man. It's not a good sign. Sure, I get that. I, I, I understand that. Uh, I still don't trust Wolford, like, at the end of the day. like I didn't say the person was going to be Wolford. No, 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 I, right. It could be – no, no, I agree. I get that. I'm with you. Remember, before I left, um, I had said, if I'm the Rams, I would kick the tires on trading for uh, Sam Darnold. And remember, you brought up Josh Rosen, who's not really super mobile. But, right. um, but we talked about Sam Darnold. If the Jets draft Justin Fields, let's say, with the second pick in the draft – I would kick the t- like what like call the Jets and say hey fourth rounder for Sam Darnold and then you draft the guy you don't have to draft him in the first round take a guy in the second or third and see what he does right and and just kind of see what you have there potentially like a project like a Jalen Hurts who went in the what second or third round or whatever mm-hmm. it was like you can take those type of chances Russell Wilson went in the third round who they're gonna face this weekend like you can take those chances if you're the Rams and try to develop a guy I'd love to see. I'd love to see Sean McVay's creativity, to your point. Have a guy like maybe a Sam Darnold who's still only, what, 23 years old or something crazy like that, 22, yeah. um, and is mobile, um, a little interception prone, but can, maybe you can figure it out with him. Or draft a guy in the third or fourth round like a Russell Wilson type, you know, that the Seahawks took a chance on. You don't have to pay him a lot of money. It's, you know, whatever third or fourth round money is and see if he can develop a guy like that. And and to me, I'm with you on that. I have wholeheartedly in on that. I just am not wholeheartedly in on Wolford being the guy this weekend. (laughs) No, 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 no. But, but, but I do believe what Wolford showed you in his brief time in one game was that if you have a quarterback who can make something happen when the plays break down, you can keep the chains moving. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're in a situation that if things break down, that's a dead series, period. Jared Goff is not the kind of quarterback who can make something out of nothing. No. He's the type of quarterback who would excel, who can star and shine making something out of something. 
And I know that sounds like redundant and like, oh, well, of course he can. No, there are a lot of quarterbacks that can't make something out of something. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff can make something out of something. That's how you get to the Super Bowl, by being able to make something out of something. But you can win the Super Bowl when you can make something out of nothing. And so the question is for Lance Need and the organization, Sean McVay, of course, is are you satisfied being in the playoffs and maybe making another appearance and maybe even winning a Super Bowl? Or would you rather try to roll the dice and see if you can find someone who can maybe get you in a position to win multiple Super Bowls because of their ability to improvise? I don't think Jared Goff is that guy. I think Jared Goff is a good to very good quarterback, and that's his ceiling. You need a great quarterback in, in this sport to have sustained success. All right. Uh, We didn't get to Anthony Lynn. We'll do that in what you need to know, who the potential replacements are. Plus, the Lakers. Greg Bergman has concerns seven games in. As absurd as that sounds, it is a real thing. And you know what? Maybe some of the things he has gripes about uh, could be legitimate. And I believe some of you, because I'm very prone to looking at Lakers Twitter, uh, may believe some of the things that uh, that Greg believes right now are viable and legitimate concerns. So we'll have that coming up for you in about two minutes. Sedano and LZ, 710 ESPN.